Our scripture for this evening will be Matthew chapter 9. So if you will turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, the first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 9, and we'll be starting with verse 1. And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. What we are seeing is Jesus left the mount and went to the other side to minister. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Palsy is to be completely or partially paralyzed. It is also obvious that many there were confident and believed that Jesus could heal this man. This is a similar case when they brought a man to Jesus and lowered him down through the roof of a house. Verse 3 says, And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. Again, Jesus didn't have a formula or method in healing. He just did it. What was important was their faith. But Jesus asked them a question, Which is easier, thy sins forgiven or arise and walk? Let me ask this question. Doesn't both statements express divine power? If he can heal his disease or can forgive his sins, both are equally impossible to anyone but God, and both must be taken away. To say thy sins be forgiven thee, or arise and take up thy bed and walk, is to show that the sins which brought upon him the disease are pardoned, and the punishment of them is remitted. Jesus goes on to say in verse 6, But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. To glorify God here means to praise him. If it's one thing God doesn't get enough of, is praise. Amen. But the Pharisees could not say nothing. Whether they believed Jesus had the power to forgive sin or whether they believed God was in Jesus to forgive them. There was no doubt. The man rose and went home. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the seat of customs. And he saith unto him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Here's the difference with us today. Rather than immediately get up and come, we ask why. But when Jesus approached Matthew and said, follow me, there was no question asked. He got up and followed. What Jesus is asking us today, are we willing to do it? 
without question, or does God need to give us an explanation? And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. What we see here is Christ invited Matthew to discipleship and Matthew invited Christ to a feast where other publicans were. Wherever Christ was invited, you won't find him refusing to go. If, if a Pharisee or a publican invited him, he went. Not for the pleasure of eating, but for the opportunity of conversing and doing good. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eat your master with publicans and sinners? Notice they would not and did not ask Christ directly, but they went to his disciples. Ain't that always the case? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but to but sinners to repentance. Can I explain it this way? Who would a doctor talk to but with his sick patients? Jesus took all opportunities to help and heal them that needed it. Christ is the physician appointed by God for the cure and healing of those that are sick. Then came to him the disciples of John saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but the disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. It was the disciples of John asking this question. And both John's disciples and the Pharisees fasted. Fasting is a time or form of mourning. A time you abstain from something in order to receive something. But as long as Jesus was in their presence and they enjoyed his comfort, there was no reason or the time to mourn. Their time of mourning or fasting would come soon enough. Verse 16 says, No man putteth a piece of new cloth under unto an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. This verse goes along with the fasting. As it would be ridiculous to put a piece of new cloth into an old garment. So it is very improper that the disciples should not mix mourning and rejoicing together. By fasting while they have the enjoyment of the immediate presence of Christ. As well as the next verse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles. Else the bottles break and the wine runneth out. And the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. You see, in some countries, they still have a custom to make their bottles of wine from goat skins. The reason is because when they journey over deserts, they cannot travel with bottles of, or kegs on a camel's back. And if old and new wine are put into the same skin, the violence of the fermentation would burst them. When you look at the old and new covenant, 
The old made way for the new. But if the old is still in, the new cannot be incorporated. Jesus came to fulfill and complete. In fact, Galatians 3, 23 to 26 says, But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that, faith is come. We are no longer under a schoolmaster. For you are the, all the children of God by faith in Christ. Yes. Thank you, Back to Matthew, verse 18. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. Mark and Luke said, his name was Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue or one of the elders who was committed to the care of the synagogue. This was his only daughter who was 12 years old. Jesus being the savior he is, it says, and Jesus rose and followed him. So did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she had within her, for she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. While Christ is on his way to the ruler's house, a woman comes behind him, touches his garment and is instantly healed. Isn't that always the case? When you are out to do something, something else comes up. Do you get sidetracked or can you do both without forgetting the task at hand? When you read all the accounts, there is much to be said about this situation. One writer says she spent all she had trying to obtain healing. We know she had the issue for 12 years. She pressed through a crowd to touch his garment. It probably meant she didn't walk to him. So when you look at what she had to go through, ask yourself, how persistent are you? Whatever you need, how bad do you want it? How willing are you to go after it? We know the world will go and do anything to get what they need. What will we do for Christ and in Christ to get what we need? What God is asking us to do is not hard or difficult. Listen to a few things he asks. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall open. Here's the key. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Knowing and following these principles. You can ask what you will. And remember, faith without works is dead. Her faith and her determination got her the healing she needed. 
What we believe must be joined with what we do. Verse 22. But Jesus turned him about. And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good cheer, comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. It was her faith. When we ask, we must believe. What we do must be by faith. And when and what we ask, ask not amiss. Verse 23. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the ministers and the people making a noise, these are medieval traveling and entertainers. This custom of having music at funerals came from the heathens. And when Jesus came in, he allowed only three of his disciples to enter with him, Peter, James, and John. Times like these situations, relatives would have would hire people of both sexes whose employment was to mourn for the dead. They would sing virtues of the deceased, recount their acts, dwell on their beauty and strength. Sounds like how we do funerals today. Verse 24 said, and he said unto them, give place for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. People of the world generally ridicule truth. Then, and they ridicule it today. Why? Because they neither comprehend it, or love it, or understand it. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. When it says they were put forth, they were put out. Everyone else that were there were removed. Remember back then they didn't have funeral parlors. Funerals were held in the home. It was important that there should be witnesses of the miracle. And he chose a sufficient number. Five witnesses were enough to establish it. The witnesses were impartial. She being dead was established beyond a doubt. Five sober witnesses are always better than the confused voices of many. That's why the rest were put out. So with Jesus, so with Jesus was the father, the mother, and the three disciples, Peter, James, and John. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. One thing we should get out of this is... While relatives and others accepted her death, the father was out seeking her life. While the family gave up on faith, the father believed and had faith. Verse 27. And when Jesus departed, thence two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. They just kept Kept coming. One heal and miracles after another. From the man with palsy to the woman with the issue. From the maiden that was dead to these two men who were blind. How do we act when people are depending on us? We should not get weary in well-doing. Jesus was willing to help and heal all. Again, Jesus never refused 
an opportunity. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Again, just touching. What I see, it was not in the words spoken for healing. It was in the action by touching. Jesus knew he had the power and he exercised it. We questioned the power and substituted with words. Jesus said, according to your faith. I believe in some cases we might want to revisit our faith when it comes to healing. And their eyes were open and Jesus straightly charged them saying, see that no man know it. And again, they had a responsibility to take their gift to the priests and offer it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. I'm not saying when I say dumb man, it's not a stupid man, but a man who could not speak. It seems like people were lining up, waiting for Jesus. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake. And the multitudes marveled, saying, it was never so seen in Israel. You see, the greatest of the prophets has never been able to do this. Prophets healed, brought some from the dead. Miracles were performed. They recognized people were possessed. But no one ever cast them out. But the Pharisees said in verse 34, he cast out devils through the prince of the devils. How stupid does that sound? What you're saying is Satan gives Jesus permission. We know that is not so. Or better yet, Satan lending Jesus the power. Jesus said all power in heaven and earth is in my hand. Verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You see, Jesus made his rounds. All the cities, all the villages, teaching, preaching, healing, every sickness, every disease. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Understand this. The multitudes was lacking strength. Some had been following since the mount. No one had ever taught or done the things Jesus was doing. Many were seeking after the things which Jesus had to offer. Christ never stopped caring for his church. Verse 37 and 38 says, then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, yes. but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers un into his harvest. You see, a minister of Christ is one that will labor daily. He is not there to become Lord or to live on the labor of others, but to work and to labor for others. Though the work may be severe, 
For much is required and much is given. How earnestly should God's people pray that he would send them pastors after his own heart who will feed them with knowledge and understanding. Yes, yes. And who else will spread the knowledge of gospel but his ministers? Mm. Who else would stand for his truth mm. and the saving grace but God's ministers? So let us therefore pray unto the Lord that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Yes. My time is up and I thank you for yours.